Welcome to this week's Instrument of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbach. And just like Sheena, I am a punk rocker. That is the best reference you've ever made on this show. I'm only trying to please uh, one person, and it is you, Alex. Thank you. Finally, someone knows the way the world should operate. (laughs) Anyways, you're getting another back-to-back episode, back-to-back-to-back episode from us. Uh, Yeah. This is part two of our top 10 of the year. Yeah, Alex, uh, how have you been since uh, one whole week ago? I almost feel like we're we're pre-COVID here with with our recording schedule. Almost in a way, except we're still recording from each other's homes. Yep. Uh, Can we go to the movie theaters yet, please? That's all I want. Oh, my gosh. That's that's why I'm following case numbers every day. Because I'm like, is it safe to go to the movies? It is not safe yet. Yeah, I've got... AMC's rules and regulations. I know exactly where they state levels yeah. would be before they'll reopen here. Yeah, it's funny because like th- we had a new AMC theater open here, and like I was excited to go see it or and try it out for the first time, and then basically about a month later, COVID happened. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much what happened. It's nice too, by the way. It's a yeah. great theater. So I've heard. Yeah. Uh, anyways, enough lamenting about our lack of theatrical experience. Uh, although speaking of theaters. Not really in this podcast's purview, although it's more like a Jason, I want to say. I think we're getting a trailer for Godzilla vs. King Kong uh, this weekend, which is another one of those uh, HBO Max releases that's going to go to theaters. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I was going to say, what are your what are your thoughts on the Godzilla King Kong universe right now? I I, I love them. I loved the uh, the first Godzilla movie that had a what's his face in it, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Elizabeth Olsen. I thought was really good. Uh, I loved the King Kong movie that had Samuel Jackson and Tom Hiddleston and the Godzilla movie that had a, uh, what's her face? Vera Famiga. Uh, that one was just okay, but it was good. It was still entertaining enough for me. So I'm excited to see Godzilla and King Kong punch each other. Uh, the last Godzilla movie I saw was the one with Brian Cranston. If that. Yeah. yeah he, that was the uh, Tom Hiddleston one. Not Tom Hiddleston, sorry. That was the Aaron Taylor Johnson one. Okay. Yeah, that one was good. It was yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that. where he rips that monster's open that monster's jaw open and like blows green light into its face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's all that counts. Yeah, the healing well, green light. For exactly what I was expecting to talk about on our year interview of comic books. Uh an in-depth review of Godzilla from five years ago. Uh, yeah, last week we did uh, numbers 10 through 6. This week we're going to do 5 through 1. Yeah, uh, so go back and listen. Uh, have, do you have any news for the week? No. No? No. I mean, it's been a short week, I feel like. Um, did you see that the Eternals costumes have been uh, leaked in a like promo for like some kind of uh, some kind of merch? No, I did not. But I, I think that's leaked. Le- look at that stuff. If I see like, if I see leak for like any sort of movie stuff, I just tend to scroll past as soon as possible. Uh, if I see leak, uh, I'm just worried it's coming out of me. So <laughs> as long as that's not the <laughs> that's case. That's just reasonable. That's just called adulthood. <laughs> yeah. I'm in my thirties now. Things just leak. Things don't stay. They leak now. Yeah. It's weird that it's your toes, but you know, everyone's got to <laughs> leak from somewhere. 
We all leak from different places, and it's natural. It's just your body. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to talk about first our top comics of the year. Uh, oh yeah! Before a, we get into uh, a weird year for comics because production paused on a bunch of stuff. Obviously, during COVID, uh, books weren't coming out for a while. Graphic novels weren't coming out for a while, and so I know for myself, I'm going to talk about the top new stuff that I read this year. I think people should read. And then I'm going to talk about uh, top stuff that I read this year um, that didn't necessarily come out this year. Yeah. Because Uh, I think my, there wasn't a lot. My top things were uh, sex criminals. The finale came out, uh, which I think everyone should read an image book uh, to continue with image. Uh, also, that's that's uh, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky. The finale with Hilbert, I thought it was a fun way to end the series. Not my favorite way, but I think it was a fitting into how they wanted it. Uh, I finished Paper Girls this year because I finally came out with the hardcover for volume three. Another image book I thought was well worth reading. Uh, and then for like newer stuff, I thought my favorite newer things were Once in Future by Kieran Gillen and some of the children, both on Boom. Uh, I think those are stuff that everyone should pick up right now. I think and they came out like within a couple weeks of each other too, if not the exact same week. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was a month apart, but something is killing the children. Uh, was up for a bunch of Eisners, I feel like, with James uh, Tinian. I think so. Yeah, uh, and an absolutely incredible book. And Kieran Gillen's uh, Once in Future uh, is a little bit more digestible than I think Die might be for some readers. Yes, uh, I like Die a lot, but Die is a very. I want to say like heavy, but a book that you have to give more of your attention to as you read. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and well, uh, for Marvel, uh, I mean, the best stuff out of Marvel continues to be the Jonathan Hickman X-Men series of books spread throughout uh, the series. Immortal Hulk uh, continues to be great. Uh, smaller runs. I loved Chip Zdarsky's Spider-Man uh, series that took place through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the aughts, uh, his life story. Uh, and Zdarsky doing another Spider-Man book. It was announced the other day, I believe, as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's like a what-if book from Zdarsky, yeah. Yeah. Like, what if Spider-Man was Venom, essentially? Yeah. and then Which is, is, has been done, sort of. But yeah. But, I mean, I'll, I'll read anything that Zdarsky puts out. So, And Absolutely. I love the life story, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, and for DC, I don't even know. DC makes it near impossible for people to read their books. Uh, I'm still waiting to read City of Bane because City of Bane Part 2 is still only available on hardcover. I'd like to read The Sea, still available on hardcover. Uh, what else? Last Night on Earth, only available on hardcover. Uh, Batman Who Laughs, only available on hardcover. I realized I can... They did update their DC Universe app so I can read stuff digitally six months later. I could read Dark Knight Death Metal, which I still haven't read. I'm waiting for that to come out in trade, uh, which doesn't come out in trade until April. And I saw there was four spinoff series or three spinoff series as well. Half are collected in hardcover, half are collected in paperback. So I can't wait for that to look really ugly on my shelf. So, you know, <laughs> my hat's off to you, DC. We have a very love-hate relationship with DC. Uh, publishing, specifically. The writers yes, and the comics publishing. Yeah. are fantastic. But it just is with their collected editions uh, that leaves everybody in their uh, in their fandom wanting. I will say for just stuff I read from DC that I loved that was like Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, 
by Matt Fraction, Greg Orca's Lois Lane. Uh, Robert Mendetti wrote a series called Freedom Fighters and his Hawkman series. Uh, both under the radar. I feel like I really enjoyed those. Uh, but those I write digitally because DC uh, trade company is just awful. It's over to start publishing. That's what a, about you? That's a, uh, that is a pretty solid, chunky list. So as you were reading yours, I went through, and I've got some of the same things that Alex had. I won't repeat them. Everything he said is worth checking out. And if I didn't already plan on checking out some of the stuff that he said, I will be checking it out. Uh, Alex uh, doesn't have a good opinion on much stuff, but his comic book um, love is real and it is on point. I've got two good opinions in this world, comic books and ramen brands. Ooh, uh, what's your what's your third favorite ramen brand? Top Ramen. Oh, okay. Second favorite. Uh, Marijin. Uh, fourth favorite. Shin. Oh, well, I thought you were going first. You threw me for a loop there. Uh, uh, cup of noodles. Oh, cup of nudes. Okay. Who doesn't love a good cup of nudes? Uh, and then number one is is Shin what now? Shin Ramun, or how you pronounce it. They okay. make ramen black, much like DC Black Label. Uh, and then regular ramen, which is spicy. It's fantastic. Noodles are much better quality. Okay. I'm, I'm just talking pre-packaged. I'm not talking about like the real stuff you go at a ramen shop. Now, there's obviously a big difference between prepackaged ramen and ramen shop. Sure, naturally. I mean, just texture and mouthfeel alone is is a yeah. massive difference. Well, and the quality of the ingredients as well. Yeah, fresh. Uh, and, the, and the broth is just world's difference. Yeah. Let me get me started on ramen eggs. Yeah, we can have a ramen podcast if we wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I tried to make ramen eggs at home, but I just kept scrambling them. So just going to breakfast burritos. <laughs> just toss it. <laughs> just ended up tossing a bunch of noodles in a in a burrito, huh? Yeah, let me tell you something. Flour tortilla does not hold up in broth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nope. I would never eat flour tortilla. It's corn tortillas all the way. A fresh corn tortilla, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. We're from the South. These are just facts. Yeah. Yeah. We know things. Naturally, no one speaks with more authority on this subject than you and I. Yeah, if you live uh, in Texas or Oklahoma, that's about the only places you can get good Mexican food. Well, we know because you and I were both like sous chefs at French Laundry for a long period of time. Yeah, but we, we, only, we were their uh, tortilla makers. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had no tortillas on the menu, much to our chagrin. <laughs> they still paid us, though. Mostly in scraps. They did. Are we just talking talking about Ratatouille 2 at this point? (laughs) Oh, my God. Is is there a Ratatouille? Ratatouille? Ratatouille 2? I I would watch Ratatouille. (laughs) Is that just Ratata from Pokemon? I want (laughs) a Ratatouille 2 where it's the rap from Ratatouille and uh, What's-His-Face from Charlotte's Web meeting and just hanging out. The rat from Charlotte's Web. Oh. What, was what about name? the spider? No. From Charlotte's Web. Charlotte? Yeah. No. Well, who cares? Who gives a shit? She's about dead. The I do. She's dead. Move on. Yeah. Come on. So Anyways, the comics that I comic. read that I enjoyed this year, um, I read uh, the Black Widow collection by Mark Wade. Uh, and if you read one author uh, quickly, it's most likely going to be Mark Wade. Holy shit, that guy's a page turner. Uh, his work on Daredevil was a lot of fucking fun. Check that out if you're wanting some good 
Marvel content. Anything Mark Wade is great. Uh, I almost consumed the entire series in a like span of about 48 hours, but Ice Cream Man. Um, w. Maxwell Prince. W. Maxwell Prince. Holy shit, he's great. Uh, he just had a new comic come out called Ha Ha. Uh, and it is a and another anthology, much like Ice Cream Man. Uh, it's sadly like going to be Ice Cream Man. Sadly going to be a show on Quibi. That Quibi's gone. R.I.P. Was it really? Yeah. That I think you've told me. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, I liked a lot of the DC Black Label stuff this year. I really enjoyed the Joker Harley series. I know that wasn't one of your favorites, but the art in it uh, and the story is. A Harley Quinn detective searching for a serial killer uh, Joker, essentially. Who's that one by? Uh, Cammy Garcia. Okay. I think. Oh, bam. I totally nailed that yeah. shit. Um, uh, the Question by Jeff Lemire. Also fantastic. Uh, I really, really loved uh, Three Jokers, too. By I love Jeff Three John. Jokers. Yeah, that was fantastic. That was probably my favorite Black Series series that I read this year. I know you're probably thinking, uh, oh my God, this guy just listed off a Harley book and a Joker book. Well, they, they made about 40 of those fucking things this year. So yeah. one or two of them had to be good. Yeah, that's basically 80% of Black Label's content. Yeah, no fucking joke. Uh, this year was also the year that I really got into Matt Kent a lot. Uh, I read his Black Badge stuff and really liked it. And then it's kind of been a whirlwind from there. I read the entire collected edition of Mind Management, like I know Alex has done. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Matt Kent. We both read a lot of Matt Kent this year. Yeah, uh, I read Grass Kings as well, which was fantastic. Uh, Department H, uh, and we've both read his Valiant work as too, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm currently reading uh, his run on Ninja K and Exo Manowar. Uh, I just picked up the next editions for myself. Today, can't wait to dig into those uh, this weekend. Uh, but speaking of Valiant, I also discovered Quantum and Woody this year. Uh, holy shit, that was one of the most fun things I've read in a long time. Yeah, it's the James Asmus run is really, really underrated, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad that there's only four trades of it. I know, and it makes me wish that James Asmus wrote more comics or has been given the opportunity to write more comics. But sadly he wrote a uh, gambit run for a while that I enjoyed, but and it was a lot of fun, but it's not the same kind of fun that like quantum and Woody is. No, no, it's not. Um, nothing is quite as fun as quantum and Woody is. Uh, if I divulge my horror favorite book of the year, Alex, what do you think I'm talking about? I'm going to guess basket full of heads by Joe Hale. Ah, you'd be wrong. It is Gideon Falls. Oh, well, a great choice. Yep. Jeff Lemire is my boy, but Basketball Heads is is fantastic, too. That's another DC black-labeled Joe Hill comics. Yeah, that's... uh, What was the... Hill House. That's what it was. Hill House was the name of that imprint. Yep. Joe Hill, Hill House comics. Uh, And then I think the last one that I want to talk about is... uh, And I I think you've read this, too. But the maxi-series of Black Bolt on Marvel... By Ahmed. Uh, Black Bolt on Marvel. The one by Salman Ahmed. Yep. Yes. Yeah. What do you think of series? Yeah, it, it, it was, was great. It was mind-blowing. It might have been the single best like, self-contained series that I, that I read. So, let me, 
let me ask you, like, after you read that series, you're like, holy shit, like, now I understand, like, why people like the Inhumans. Yeah, I, I mean, that's exactly what it did. I I read uh, Karnak afterwards, which Karnak was fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. Uh, I picked up a couple Inhumans books. I read one of the great Inhumans series. Um, oh, shit, what the fuck is that one called? Well, it's called Inhumans. It's their Marvel Knights imprint one. Yeah. And did you just watch Inhumans on the air on ABC over and over again? Oh yeah. Afterwards, to celebrate how good something could be, I decided to delve into how bad something could be, and I just watched Marvel's Inhumans on ABC. Inhumans go goes Hawaiian. What, what more do you want for a series? Man, and it's crazy because they uh, the Jenkins series that I was referring to. I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh. Is the premiere yeah, Paul Jenkins uh, run storyline? Mm-hmm. Yeah, holy shit! They tried to do that in like an episode and a half. Didn't fucking work. Yeah, no, not at all. all Anyways, right. that's my that's my favorite comics that I've read this year. That's Alex's favorite shit that he's read. If you haven't read that stuff, anything I mean, you can't go wrong with anything that we listed. No, not for a second. Ooh, I just cracked up in a different beer than what I was drinking. Did not realize it was a different beer. Tastes delicious, though. Hey, what a welcome surprise. Yes. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into our mating. Did you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, you're going to go first this time. I okay. went first last week. Well, for any of that may recall, I messed up on my top ten list and forgot to include something. So my number five is actually two things. <laughs> uh, the first thing was, I believe, in your six or ten, it was Extraction the Netflix movie uh, starring Chris Hemsworth. I loved it. Like I thought it was that kind of like old school action movie that like we don't get a lot of. I thought the action scenes like you talked about were fantastic uh, and worth watching. Uh, The plot wasn't the most deep thing, but I didn't need it. It was like 90 minutes long. That's all I need from a film like that. I will happily watch a sequel if they make it. But my other number five, we didn't talk about in our podcast. It was Code 8 a movie starring Robbie Amell uh, and Stephen Amell uh, in this world where some people have like superpowers uh, and they use them to be like construction workers and work jobs like that. And they're under control by like this government force. And so they use them to commit crimes. And it was just, it was a lot better than it should have been for anyone. That, I don't want to give a lot away because I haven't seen it, but if you haven't watched code eight, I definitely think you should. It was also going, they're going to do a Code 8 series on Quibi uh, to continue the, building the world, but obviously Quibi died, so that's not going to happen either. That was also on Netflix. If you have Netflix, I think you should watch Code 8. All right. Code 8 on Netflix for Alex's number five of the uh, top 10 or whatever it is that we Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, and just on extraction, real quick, you brought up an interesting point. Something that was unique about this film. Uh, compared to a lot of movies nowadays and a lot of comic book films. And you and I have talked about this too. Uh, it's got a 90-minute runtime. You don't see that anymore. It's tight. It's short, relatively speaking. Uh, I, loved, I love that fact that about that movie. I know I put it as my number nine, and I'll give you guys a rundown at the end of, my, of all of our you know, 10 through 2 or whatever. But holy shit, you don't see that these days, and it was never boring. There are movies that I instantly want to pick up my yeah. phone watching it at home. That wasn't one of them. That's a good point. The pacing was really strong in Extraction. 
It doesn't drag. There's out. never a dull moment. Yeah. Yeah. Something is always happening. Uh, my number five for this year. Um, we have to reach a little bit here. There's a lot of stuff happening. Uh, and when I say there's a lot of stuff happening, I mean, there's not jack shit happening with comic book related properties. So my number five is the Avengers video game. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bold choice. I believe you and I both enjoyed the game a lot. And we also talked about too, that after playing Spider-Man Miles Morales, it made us wish like this was what the Avengers game was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for my upcoming, uh, for one of my upcoming choices. Yeah, thank goodness that Avengers came out before Spider-Man Miles Morales. But like, it's weird because like I look at them differently now. Like, I enjoy Avengers. I think I still think it's a game that you should wait and purchase when it's on sale. But I, I think it's worth uh, playing through at least once. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun getting to play as some of these characters that I've never gotten to play as in a unique, interesting story. I loved all of that. I like that we get it from the viewpoint of Kamala Khan. Uh, you can play now as Kate Bishop as well. I know she's out to play as. Uh, I think they're going to do Black Panther. I think one other character. Oh, I think Spider-Man for the PS4 version. Oh, nice. Yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah, Peter Parker Spider-Man, I believe. Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, so my number four is Wonder Woman 84. Oh, okay. Uh, so you did there. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the pacing wasn't the strongest thing, but it was still like that blockbuster spectacular movie that I needed after a year like 2020. It, it hit all the wants and needs and whatever flaws it may have were well overshadowed by the amount of fun that I had watching this movie and the fact that it had uh, a scene Chandry and it easily makes it a spot in my top five. Awesome. Chandry is fantastic. And his two minute bit part, he's probably not even two minutes. It's probably closer to like a minute tops. Yeah. Fantastic. You should watch people just do nothing on Netflix. If you have not for more, scene. Okay, people just do nothing, huh? Yes, it is about a, uh, put it plainly, it's about a bunch of rappers in the UK and a seamless manager. Um, oh, shit. That sounds yeah. like you're the worst, kind of. Yes, but <laughs> without the glamour of living in LA with money. <laughs> okay, so poor London rappers. Yes, yeah. Awesome, yeah. I'm in, sold. Yeah. Uh, my number four for the year. Uh, I think this is something that you've already talked about. Uh, Lock and Key on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. I had a lot of fun watching this show. There's a good mystery. I've, I hadn't read the comic books yet, uh, so I wasn't able to be disappointed like Alex was with what they actually produced. Uh, so I had no frame of reference. So I really, really liked Lock and Key. I thought it was uh, Caswell it, too, which I, I don't think we really talked about much when we yeah. talked about it. You, it's it's a big hit or miss when you've got kid actors, and I thought yeah. every one of them was tolerable at worst. Yes, like I didn't hate any child yeah. actors. Even like Brody, who's like maybe like an annoying character, you uh, in like other shows, it still sold it. Like his earnestness still felt genuine and earned in this show. 
And Brody's such a shitty name to have, so it's tough to act like that when that's what your name is. I mean, I disagree because I go back to Mallrats. So, like, that's where it's always going to be Brody for me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, all, all the comic books in the world or what is, what's the deal in, in, in Mallrats? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What are you talking about, Renee? Yeah. Uh, he goes, I, I don't know, all the comic books in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, number my number three, three, top, top is, three. Top three, here we go, big time. Uh, is the end of an era, but it's New Mutants. Uh, I thought oh, okay. the worst thing about this film was the second act dragged some, but I love the first act. The third act was absolutely bananas. Uh, and spoilers for everything we talk about if we said this, but when... So when you think as the main villain gets eaten by a ghost bear or a demon bear, uh, they have to fight a giant demon bear. It's all I wanted. Like it, it summoned. It had a lot of influences of like Buffy. I feel like as well too, and that shine through. I'm sad that this yes. era is over. I'm excited to see what Marvel or Disney will do with these characters. But like, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I would have enjoyed seeing it in theater as well. And let's talk about with extraction, a nice 90 minute runtime. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's my uh, point of contention of why I have New Mutants ranked as low as I do. That second act, you said it it drugs them. That was the slowest second act maybe of the entire year, and that's saying something. It was really, really slow. And it was buoyed by a great third act, um, but I thought it also was a little hindered by the fact that there wasn't really a villain, and the person that you thought was a villain just disappeared like that. Yeah. And like we talked about, the lead was the weakest part out of the main cast as well, too. Or the least interesting. Yeah, I, I wasn't super a fan. Yeah. I love, uh, I love the character in the comics. Great character. And to me, it's, it's the kind of film to where, like, if I was flipping through on cable, not that I do that, because this is not, like, 19... It's not 2002, it's not 1995, but if I had been flipping <laughs> through on cable, there's definitely, like, certain scenes I would stop and watch if I came across it. Until they were over. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I could definitely get on board with that. All right. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is Wonder Woman 84. Um, that fireworks scene alone is, is one of the coolest scenes from a film that I've seen this far that came out this year. That was just cinematography genius. Uh, Patty Jenkins with her insane direction those opening few sequences, that mall fight sequence, you get some really incredible moments uh, from a lot of different players and bit players that you wouldn't really expect. Uh, she made Kristen Wiig a badass villain. Like There was a lot of really cool things that happened in this film. That It definitely has flaws. I'm not trying to say that, but we're talking about 2020 here. So, gotta take all this shit with a grain of salt. I hope that, like, every 4th of July, you get pumped by watching that fireworks scene again before going out to see the fireworks. She made her jet invisible with the man that she loved. And it was very sweet and very tender and very beautiful. Yeah. We've all been there. Yes, we've all all been in an invisible jet with the man that we love. My number two (laughs) is the fabulous meditation or of Harley Quinn and the birds of prey. I love this movie. I thought Margot Robbie was fantastic as Harley Quinn. Again, I thought you McGregor was amazing as black mask. Probably my favorite DC villain to date. 
uh, in the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, I thought uh, Black Canary was great. I thought Huntress was fantastic. To me, the only weak point was Orphan. Uh, they didn't make her Cassandra. Uh, but aside from that, I thought this was probably my favorite DC film that's come out that does not have Ben Affleck in it. Oh, God. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, about time that we matched up. I've got a identical number two. Congratulations. Wow, look at that. Uh, about, about time that we had one of these. Um, and mine is solely, and I mean solely, because of Margot Ruby and her portrayal of Harley Quinn. Fantastic. Solely? So, so, so you don't care for Ewan McGregor? Oh, okay. For her and Ewan McGregor. Okay. Uh, uh, his cinematography, again, the shots that they do, that sequence with the breakfast sandwich. Yeah. The two sequences, I should say, because they're both phenomenal. Or I loved every second of that. And Ewan McGregor's death was fantastic in the film as well, too. Yep. Uh, it was just, I don't know. I, uh, I hope they make, I know we'll see Harley Quinn again in the Suicide Squad, but I, I would 100% be down for another Harley Quinn movie with some more side characters. Oh, absolutely. I, that's all I want is more, more Harley Quinn because she was very fun. And it's funny to know how to play the character really, really well. You were just lamenting about black label being Harley Quinn and Joker heavy. Uh-huh. Uh, but like, I think Harley Quinn and the birds of prey show that like the reason why Harley Quinn has done so much because when she's done right, she is such a fun and amazing character. I mean, she's the she's the bright shining point of that uh, Suicide Squad that I hate. It's she's essentially. I mean, and this comparison is not original. Some people have made this comparison, but she's basically the Deadpool of the DC universe. There's a ton of oversaturation for the character, but when that character is done right, it's arguably the best thing that can be done in that world. You get something fun. You get something that is not taking itself too seriously. You get something that is dirty, gritty, unpolished. It's a shiny fucking turd is what it is. All right. And I'm so happy that we got to have that shiny turd. I agree. Let's recap our 10 through two. Okay. And then give our number one. All right. Uh, my 10 was Lock and Key. <laughs> my, on Netflix, my nine was Marvel 616 documentary series on Disney Plus. My eight was Snowpiercer on TNT. Seven was Old Guard on Netflix. My six was Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which might be on HBO Max now by this point. My five with both Extraction and Code 8. I'm sorry I messed up. I cheated. That's on me. They're both on Netflix. My four with 80, one over 84, which is on HBO Max. My three is New Mutants, which you can only rent or buy right now, but hopefully it shows up on Hulu at some point. And my two is Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, which is also on HBO Max right now, I believe. Excellent. Uh, well, I'll give you a pass because I also forgot to include Marvel 616 in my rankings, and I meant to. Uh, so that would have pushed Stargirl out of my 10 spot. Uh, for my number nine, I've got Extraction. For number eight, I have New Mutants. Seven, The Old Guard. Six. Uh, oh, wait, no, I put six, My Birds of Prey. I doubled it up. Oh, wow. oh look at me go. <laughs> I really fucked up our list here. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. just forget that I even had a list because yeah. that's... I, I just like that emotionally you felt very differently about that film while making the list. You're like, you yeah, know what? It was wrote, a good film. Birds of my Prey, top 10. And I also wrote Harley Quinn. That's and great. I've got it as my number two and as my number Maybe six. Maybe that's what, in your mind, there's two separate films. Like, just Birds of Prey, sure. Top 10 film. Just Harley <laughs> Quinn, definitely number two. 
Yep, exactly. If it was Harley Quinn, it might even have. So you didn't mess up, and that way, Marvel Six One Six slides into your proper top ten. Yep, there we go. We nailed it. We absolutely fucking nailed this. We drilled it. Perfect. All right, what's your number one of the year, Alex? My number one is a show that will be airing on the CW next year, but it is Star Girl. I loved it. Oh wow! You watched two episodes, like. The Star Girl was everything I love about Jeff Johns writing. Like, and he wrote every episode, and it was like the heart of the character. It had like the tropes I love from like movies like The Breakfast Club. Uh, it was a million times better acting wise and writing wise than like all those CW shows. I thought Luke Wilson was fantastic as a father figure. Uh, I loved Joel McHale's brief uh, role in the first episode. And major spoiler, but I loved his reappearance at the end of season one as well. Hinting that he'll be back for season two because he's not dead. Uh, I just can't, the special effects were really good. The budget was a lot better than it should have been for show that size. I'm hoping it does not become CW-ified. And I'm confident as long as Jeff Johns continues writing the show, that'll be amazing. But I loved it. I thought it was just a wonderful family superhero drama and I can't wait. Plus, I've always loved Amy Smart. I think there's, if you were a teenage boy or coming of age boy in a certain era, like Amy Smart will always have a place in your heart. Thanks to films like Varsity Blues and the Butterfly Effect. Oh yeah, and Road Amy Trip. Smart was. Oh, and she's in uh, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds, the comic book movie god. It's true. Yes, I will always remember Ryan Reynolds for Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, he was the best Green Lantern we've ever had. Uh, no. My number one of the year. Uh, it looks like you and I went different routes. We you did, did not. Include video games. I think you know where I'm going. And I did because, again, it was a bit of a stretch this year. Uh, So my number one comic book property, and if you put video games in yours, I feel like this would safely be in your top three. Yeah, uh, I'd say that's fair. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Yeah, well worth playing. Uh, My biggest complaint is that I just want more. Yep. I want more campaign. I want more side missions. I want yeah. more everything. Yeah. Give me some DLC because I will throw $10, $15 down for another three to four hours of story mission in that game. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't like is the Prowler missions, and I just decided not to do them because they're not necessary to the game. Well, I guess that's, I did everything. I guess you just hate his relationship with Uncle Aaron. Let me tell you, I, got, I 100%ed the original Spider-Man game and then when it came to do those last bit of missions, I was just like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm out. I am way the fuck out on this. I will say, so 2020 was a difficult year for a lot of people for very obvious reasons and obviously impacted a ton of areas across the world. And we saw just a microcosm of that in how different our content was this year and the different level of quality that we got in content. I'm very excited for 2021. Because with one division, like we've seen, hopefully it's a beacon towards better content more often for the rest of the year. But oddly enough, one thing I enjoyed was that, like, I think this year helped us discover stuff that, like, we wouldn't have watched or talked about. Like, I don't know if we would have done Extraction normally this year. I don't know if we would have done The Old Guard or Luck and Key and stuff like that normally in a normal year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shit. Uh, October Faction, I'm looking at you. 
that I had sure. no business watching. Yeah. That I was absolutely forced to watch because we were starved for fucking content. And you know what? Here we are, new year. We've already got a brand new show out. I can't wait to see what else comes yeah. out this year. Honestly. And I hope everything that's slated to come out this year comes out this year. I think the first thing- I know we talked about some 2021 shit that we're excited for. But man, there's just so much. There's so, so much. Well, and like I was going to say, I think the first three things we're going to talk about going into this year all having to be TV shows. Because uh, I think it's going to be WandaVision, Gross and Alien, and then I want to say Superman Lois or Lois, whatever they're calling it on CW. But I guarantee you all three of those, even if they're not good, are better than October Faction. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, if any of those were slated for last year, I guarantee yeah. they would crack our top ten. Yeah. So hopefully, and we can say that as we've only seen one of them so far. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We have both watched the first two episodes of One Division, uh, which is a nice segue because that is what we'll be talking about next week. That's right. We are not taking two weeks off. We are jumping right into One Division, and after that, we're going to go back to our normal two-week schedule until things until basically it's safe to go to theaters. I think essentially. Until we don't, until we stop reading about production haltings for TV shows due to COVID. So. Yeah, if if nothing uh, changes, probably April, May or so, we might start doing weekly shit again. We'll yeah. see. Uh, if we do, that means that hopefully the world is in a much better place by that point. Man, a you, and, you and I are hoping for. We we've, we've got our our we are signed up for our vaccines. Um, we are both vitamin A and well, B deficient. So we're, we're signed up for our vaccines alert because we are not in any phase right now that yeah. qualifies. So, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. Uh, we just want to go to the movie theater. That's all. And we just want to hug and kiss each other so much. I mean, yeah, that's, that's B. A is still movie theater. So yeah, the song kiss me through the phone uh, has never hit so hard as it does right now. I was going to, I was thinking kiss by a rose from seal. Because uh, easily one of the top five songs that was ever on a Batman soundtrack. Uh, that involved both kissing and roses, yes. Yes, without a doubt. And Seals. <laughs> and Heidi Klum. Who, R.I.P. R.I.P. Heidi Klum. I don't think she's dead. Now, I never watched Project Runway, but I think <laughs> she got an Amazon Prime deal. Her and Tim Gunn. Yeah, they sacrificed her at the end of that series. Uh, did they really? Wow, that took yeah. a dark turn for a fashion show. I mean, that's how fashion is. I don't know nothing about the fashion world. I just set trends. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at our list for 2021 of things that could come out, and we have Wonder Woman 84 question mark. I guess we didn't update that list. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess not. Hmm. Hmm. We'll have to fire Anyways, our, our producer. I hope you enjoyed our top 10 list. Yeah. Uh, next week, like I said, we'll be talking about WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. We'll be talking about the first three episodes. So if you didn't watch those, go ahead and jump in. Episode three will be out by the time this releases. Uh, but when are, when are you watching episode three? Are you watching it tomorrow? Most likely tomorrow, I want to say. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna crank through it on my lunch break. I can't. Yeah. Uh, well, as always, you can email us at henchmanofcomic.gmail.com. Uh, find us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com, or you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Perfect. For Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Ain't you ain't easy.